Hey everyone, it's David Warrench. Welcome to episode two of the Authentic Dad Podcast, where I support fathers in living a beautiful, impactful life, helping them connect deeply to themselves, to their children, to their partners, and living on their own terms and being more themselves in the world. That's the goal here. Today, I interview Seth Price. Seth is one of those guys that I always thought, still do think, is... Um, wired a little bit differently. <laughs> Definitely for me, he has uh, three children. He has married his wife. He runs a law firm. He's a managing partner. He has about 40 lawyers. He also has this other business that he started that has about 50 employees. And I was always just so curious how he holds all these balls up in the air. So that's what we talk about, a bit of um, work-life harmony, as we call it, not balance. We'll talk about that. We talk about entrepreneurship, and it gets uh, a little bit wonky towards the end. We talk about uh, the, sort of the Washington, D.C. Uh, legal community. We're both members of that. He's a colleague. He's a friend, and I think he's definitely someone we can learn from. I've learned a lot from him, and I think he's just a really interesting, fascinating guy. We also talk about this concept of bandwidth, which I guess is a, another word for saying energy that um, some people just have the bandwidth for these things and maybe others do not. Um, my theme music is by my nephew, Isaac Leary. He's an amazing musician in Atlanta. I'll put his Instagram in the show notes. If you want to learn more about me, I have a website. It's called Further Coaching. That website is F-U-R-T-H-U-R dot coach. I'm on Instagram at um, further underscore coaching. Further again spelled F-U-R-T-H-U-R, and I support dads. I can coach anybody, but I'm particularly focused on fathers, supporting them and living life on their own terms, getting rid of the resentment and boredom in their life and discarding the script and just becoming more impactful, becoming more themselves. And that's who I coach, who I want to coach. If you just want to say, hey, send me a message, do that through my website, my contact page. Love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. And without further ado, let's hear Seth Price, and we shall see you on the other side. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Seth Price. Seth is the founding partner of Price Benowitz, and that's a law firm in Washington, D.C. When Seth started there, it was two attorneys, and now it's about 38 or 40. Uh, he's the managing partner there. If that wasn't enough, he started another company called Blue Shark Digital. And he has scaled that um, as well. There's about 50 employees. It's a SEO and marketing company. But most importantly, I know Seth personally from the legal community. He's my friend and he's just a great person. And I'm so glad that he's here. Thanks for talking to me today. Great to be here. This is exciting. Yeah. And you are where? Are you home? I am home. I have been home for the last, since mid-March. We really... Uh, you know, haven't been in the office. Blue Shark is completely virtual. Uh, there's nobody in the office. And the law firm has a few essential employees, but, um, you know, uh, a few protests and COVID scares later, it's it's pretty much a ghost town. So yeah. um, it is really, you know, for my purposes, I've been able to, you know, push Zooms and phone calls. And my world in one sense hasn't changed as much day to day um, mm -hmm. Part of what's built 
both the law firm and Blue Shark has been speaking nationally. So instead of getting on a plane and Ubering to a hotel and you know being away from the family, I'm now able to get on a Zoom and we've spoken to as many as 2,000 lawyers at once. So it's the world is upside down in yeah. that sense. Uh, so in some ways, is this working better for, for your work-life harmony here? Um, yes and no. Um, you know, nobody can say that there's not enough family time. Right. Uh, there's nothing but family time. Um, the flip side is that, you know, the kids are sort of burnt out from Zooms. Our six-year-old, I have a 13 and 11-year-old boy and a six-year-old girl. And, uh, you know, homeschooling, not easy. Uh, lack of socialization. We've taken it pretty seriously. Um, mm -hmm. We haven't done the different camps. We've done the lowest risk activities like tennis and, and swimming, but we really have not in, done the things the kids are used to. Nobody's at camp. Nobody is hanging out with their friends, maybe a bike ride that's socially distanced, but it is means um, much more togetherness, which right. is great. And I feel that parents that have kids that might be back from college where they never would get that time uh, is great. I feel like right now it is definitely a struggle, um, just like in the business world. We are seeing the emotional roller coaster that is life right now, where some days you're like, this is really cool. And yeah. some days you're like, when is this going to end? Had the same exact experience that some days it's, not only just cool, I say to myself, well, I can kind of enjoy this lifestyle. I don't like that people are struggling or sick or dying and are having trouble. I'm not talking about that part, but waking up and not having to put on the suit and run every rush somewhere and have that extra cup of coffee. I don't mind that. So I think for some people who need more structure, maybe harder, I'm not a structure guy. So maybe a little bit more suited to it. I want to talk numbers. So you have three kids. Three. 13, 11, and six. Did I get that right? That is correct. Are you married? I am married. How many wives? One How wife. Many? One wife. Okay, so three kids, one wife. And Price Benowitz, when did you start the law firm? You know, we started the law firm around 12 years ago now. Um, the story goes, Dave Benowitz and I went to college together at UPenn. We both took the same year off. He went to the public defender service in DC and I went to Cravath, which is one of the biggest, baddest corporate firms in New York. Mm -hmm. And this is in the days before online filings and on the big merger deals that I would work on as an analyst that year. I would end up coming down to DC. They would fly me down, sometimes on the Trump airline, which was a big deal at the time. Mm. And then, you know, they'd have a limo waiting for me at the airport. I'd drop off the stuff at the SEC and I'd pick Dave up in the limo. We'd go to Red Hot and Blue or one of the few mm -hmm. restaurants in pre-gentrified DC and um, ended up in law school together. Same law, same section, same writing section. He spent his whole law school career trying to be a public defender in D.C., in fact, turned yeah. down corporate law to do that. And 
uh, I went the other route. I went to the big law side and then mm-hmm. went to New York during the first dot-com bubble to try to make my millions. Uh, we, I helped, was a founding employee of something called uslaw.com. Mm-hmm. That was a precursor to fine law and avo. <laughs> I had no idea. And all of those. That. And uh, that was great. We raised 10 million, had 30 million on the table. When April of 2000 came, the bubble burst, okay. and by January 2001, everything was gone. The only things that survived were Yahoo mm-hmm. and Amazon. You know, like the seven different pets online companies all gone. It was crazy. So, you know, after a few years trying to figure out what to do next, doing some real estate, some other ventures, they really wanted to practice law, and I really didn't. So right. we decided to divide and conquer, where. Uh, this was all done in his basement where he would be the chief legal officer and I would be the chief marketing and operations person and I would make the phones ring and it, for the first you know period of time it was me with a cell phone I called the bat phone uh-huh. that has morphed now to an intake department of a dozen people who slice and dice all the incoming calls and then figure out which lawyer is most appropriate for it and getting those um, lawyers the, the people who are in need. So if I remember correctly, and I think you even remember this, originally it was like the law offices or law office of David Benowitz. Correct. And By the way, logic, yeah. For yes. people who for people who don't know who David Benowitz is, very prominent, awesome, amazing lawyer in the Washington D.C. area, criminal defense. I'm not going to assume anyone knows that. I know that. I'm in the community, and I remember applying to a job, and you remember getting my resume, like way back and i think it was maybe you don't remember you you'd mentioned this to me before and it was just benowitz the name of it and it was just you too right that, that's, that's exactly right so when we started I, my logic was nobody knows me but right. dave had somewhat of a name it's not what it was today but he's a legitimate nobody can say dave is not a great attorney that's the one thing anybody who meets him it's like he now at this point he teaches up at harvard law for a week a year yeah two innocence project wins in the last three years. He's a lawyer's lawyer. So my attitude was, hey, put my ego aside. If I put his name on it, um, that, that no, nobody could shoot arrows at us. That was my thinking. And you, you, you probably remember correctly in the sense that there were no jobs in those years. So it was amazing the number of resumes we got. We, we mm-hmm. take, it was when we hired people, I would look back at the Gmail and see they'd applied three or four times. It was really, and I think we're about to move into that. Unfortunately, we're going to move back into that world for a little bit where people coming out really are going to have limited opportunities, especially in the criminal space. Um, So what happened was as we added some people, um, so that must've been very early on as we added people, um, I call it the mother-in-law factor. Like people don't love working for the law office of X because Mm -hmm. that means that by definition that they are not X, but when it's a brand and by Benno, it's a terrible name for branding price was a much better name. Uh, you know, the, you know, as we focus grouped it, that, you know, anything with price, price, waterhouse things, price always sounds good in front of stuff. And I'll tell you a story about that in a second. Um, it it allowed us to scale and other people could join. And my pitch to them was, it's not about whether or not your name is on the door. It's better not to be like, my feeling is, you know, when your name is on the door, that means there's nobody better than you. It's just the schmuck they're looking at. Whereas when you have a brand, then it's like, this is something bigger. You're getting me and you love me. That's why you're speaking to me. But you also have this other entire entity of resources behind me. And that's sort of how we 
how we how we've positioned it and, and grown it. Um, the story goes for my family that my grandparents uh, on my dad's side, my grandfather, my mm. grandfather family came here and it was Piwewski. That was the Ellis Island name. Really? And that when he and his brother went into the blueprinting business uh, way back, uh, you know, in the teens, I believe, uh, he, um, they overnight changed the name. So much so that his transcript from Brooklyn College from freshman to sophomore year had the name change on it. To Price. From Piwewski to Price, correct. So I've given a lot of thought to this, mm-hmm. you know, as we've interviewed people and grown, that one of the things in a consumer-facing firm that always struck me was that, you know, names, that simpler names very often are, are ones that, you know, have an advantage in the sense that, and again, taking away ownership of what the history and tradition of a name is, that there's, a, there's an obstacle to overcome that none of us ever want to be embarrassed. And if you can't pronounce a name, yeah. are you going to call that person or are you going to call the next person on a list? And I've struggled with that because there are a lot of people that name means a lot to them. But, and again, if you're big enough people or important enough, or you have a one solution for somebody, people will do it. But when it's an interchangeable widget <laughs> that both of us play with, right. that if, if they're calling and they can't figure out how to say a name, does somebody really want to call up and sound like they, they can't say who they're asking for on the phone? It actually brings to mind my, my 11-year-old was a big, still is, was really supportive of Pete Buttigieg. Yep. And... I, th- I don't know if you've seen his campaign signs had boot edge edge because that's how you pronounce it. So it's a boot edge edge and he made it work, but it's a very, very hard name. Um, or, or didn't. Yeah, Meaning, maybe not. You know, no, like think about it. Bill Clinton came out of a field of like 14 people, whatever the mm-hmm. number was that year. And then great Gary Hart had his falling out. But I think there's something to that. And again, I, it's a, I don't love the fact that somebody's history and tradition is looked as anything other than positive. I'm just seeing, you know, that there is something to that. Yeah. And it is, I've thought a lot about it. I don't have the answers to all of it, but it is definitely a thing. And would, you know, had Pete been, uh, been Pete Johnson, would that have resonated more with the, you know, population as a whole? Well, you did, I mean, you accomplished what you sought out to do because I can vouch that Price Benowitz sounds great and is a brand in the Washington area. Everybody who does, in my world, criminal defense, but I know you do many, many other things. And what I'm most, how many lawyers now you said? Just, just under 40. We, we, just, we were peaked and then uh, with uh, everything going on, um, you know, like everything else, there's been a lot of introspection as far as some people wanted to do things on their own, and we, you know, sort of honored their wishes. Uh, so, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's slightly below now. And then, of course, I don't want to beat a, beat a dead horse. You have this SEO and marketing company called Blue Shark, which I believe um, is to teach people or help them, support them to do what you did, and that's scale their law firm or business. 
exactly right. So basically the, you know, I walked into a space and you get this, you run a law yeah. firm, you have to be found and you do a very nice job for what you do. People know who you are. The goal is, and you, I think have accomplished this. They may mm-hmm. not hire you, but they know who you are for what you're doing. And so somebody, I always was, before I started, I was successful at doing, building websites for my own law firm for quite a while and never wanted to do it for anybody else. Partially because the space, as you know, is filled with very nefarious snake oil salesmen. Yeah. And somebody's like, how are you to differentiate yourself? And one of my mentors said, hey, this is your pitch, which is I've done it for myself. Let me do it for you. And, you know, for those of you that know yeah. about SEO, it's a lot of hard work. If it's done right, there's no fairy dust. It is content. It's links. It's and it very is, tedious. It can be very, very sophisticated. Tedious. And you actually did it. Exactly. So we, we have like, and I also find that people do what they like to do. The very fact that we're on this podcast today mm-hmm. is testament that you are trying to figure out, you know, you have a, a great successful law firm, but you are trying to figure out, Hey, I like doing this. Can this be my, my side hustle in some form right. or fashion, whether it be the coaching um, yeah. or, or some, something that this will take you to. And for me, I was fortunate enough that my side hustle became a legitimate hustle um but yeah. that it, i i generally when i speak i always talk to people and it's like you know people do what they like to do you know you from the first moment i met you it was always like hey you could do a lot if you scaled with a bunch of people running around mm-hmm. and you sitting there managing that you're like nah, that's not my thing i'm good i, I like what i'm doing and I it's feel not that, my like, thing but that's why i had you on because it's your thing and right I'm and, I, only, and i enjoy it and i and not only you do it you are great at it and what I'm really interested in knowing is where does you know I don't like the word work-life balance I'm gonna read something to you that I found because a lot of people now are using work-life harmony Ooh, and I like I found, yeah I found this online it says the difference between work-life balance and work-life harmony is pretty simple with the former there is an implication that you have to sacrifice your life for work but this is the worst way to go about things how can you truly be at peace in life if you dread eight hours of your day and what you're saying is i don't dread it at all i love it work life harmony on the other hand allows you to work to be a part of your life this means that you can choose to be happy both at home and at work work no longer needs to be seen as the bad or the unfun activity and the work life harmony ensures you're truly present in whatever place you find yourself and i i like that because yeah, when you think about the balance, it's like there's no half and half. You know, I don't think there ever was, but there's especially not now. And for me, my question for you is you have 40 lawyers. You're basically in charge. You have 50 employees. You're in charge of that. How, how are you integrating all of this? I mean, I could barely run my solo practice. Um, I do it, and and I think I do it pretty well. But I don't have a hundred people who are relying on me. So I know I know there's no simple answer to that. But what what comes up for you when I say that? Well, you know, great question, and I, I think that that I love that term because I feel that there is something defective about the balance concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there are a couple of ways I could go with it, but one I would say like it is it's a double-edged sword the entrepreneurial side means in theory freedom because you are your own boss yeah you know you don't get here unless you're driven which means you're going to take steps that will pull you away time-wise from concept of work-life harmony because the balance thing always seems cringy to me Mm -hmm. Um, being an entrepreneur the great thing is that you can 
theoretically set your own hours, et cetera. But most of us that have done this are pretty driven, which does pull you away from family time. Yeah. Um, so in one sense, I do like the idea that I control my own destiny um, and that it's not it. But sometimes you're you can be your own worst boss, meaning you're sort of the self uh, placed um, burdens can be highest. I think the hardest part is that you feel on um, much of the time. And I'd say if there's a complaint from the family, it's yeah. presence. You know, you can be at the dinner table, but I'm still finishing an email from earlier or mm -hmm. thinking about something else. And I think that is the part that is most challenging. Um, and that why, why I've loved, you know, sporting events and travel mm -hmm. with the kids and things like that, because that's where you get that amazing time. I think it's become harder as they've gotten older because when they're younger, they, they, they want to spend time with you and everything's there. But now even at six, um, the pull of the screen is so large that if you're not actively pushing for better quality time uh, with your kids and frankly with your spouse, that yes. there's an alternative there that I think that's where it becomes uber challenging and that you are sort of pushing yourself. You need to be present. But if you if you sort of if you're not fully on with that, they're going to take the opening of screen time, which will easily fill that void. And so yeah. in current time, that has been continued to be they're on they're on screens for their Zooms and mm -hmm. then they're on screens for entertainment immediately thereafter. And that has been unless you really push them yeah. to engage, they're sort of already predisposed to not engaging and that that i think is the extra challenge and, and it's a good babysitter because if you need to write all these emails and you're in the middle of something at least for me i'm like all right fine i'm gonna go do my thing they're doing their thing and as you said it, you just have to be so intentional with That's it the word. or it won't happen correct and i think it's interesting that i i told my wife the other day we are in the house together 24 7 and we probably we're physically there, but we're probably actually spending less, not less time, but less present time. We used to go on, you know, in the olden days, <laughs> you know, on dates to the movies, um, at, out to dinner. Uh, we used to have babysitters, you know, and yeah, I think there's still, I think there's still ways to do that. Um, I'm not saying there aren't, but it, it's really interesting. Um, and even if you're not in charge of a hundred people or an entrepreneur, the boundaries of work and yes. life. I mean, wh where are they? There, and there, there is none. You know, mm -hmm. it's um, it is getting more and more in your face. And look, I I have gotten better. It's funny. I'm learning from some of the millennials that I work with. Our, the uh -huh. president of Blue Shark yeah. uh, is you know he he sort of laughs at me and some of the people upstream of me, some of my uber entrepreneurial friends who are like constantly on and sending emails in the middle of the night. And his attitude is six o'clock. He's off. He turns mm -hmm. on at nine. Again, if there's an emergency, he'll hit it. He's not he's a hyper-motivated person, but he really doesn't want that extra piece. Um, and it is fascinating to sort of watch. And I think I've learned a bit from that, okay. which is I've pushed back against it. At the same time, I can see the value. And he's sitting there without a wife and kids. Um, but it is, uh, is something that I've sort of seen as, Hey, if you don't set some boundaries, and in one sense, I think the pandemic has helped mm -hmm. in that you're not commuting to work, you're not traveling, so that there, you, I think it, is, it has been easier to set the boundaries here 
than it was before, at least for me. Uh, the traveling was, it wasn't on, at least in my marriage, wasn't me. My wife is always traveling. Of course, she's not now. And yeah, I like it better this way. It was for a lot of different reasons, but it was hard to be, you know, a single dad. And um, well, a single it, dad who's, who's working full time. Like, we, we've it, at least balanced it the other way. So she's, you know, a single mom, but she's, you know, she, her day job ended with our third child. Mm-hmm. And so I felt less guilty about it because I feel, I realized there was bandwidth there. Then it comes down to just stamina of being a single mom, but at least you're balancing when yeah. wife is in the Holy land, running a business and yeah. having two kids. Full and and I probably shouldn't say sing, single dad. I'm not a single dad, uh, even when she travels, but it is, um, it was a challenge to uh, put it this way. When she was away, I really respected single parents who didn't have that other person to support. And I often think to myself, I don't know how they do it. This is really hard and working. And so we don't have that problem anymore for now. And how is it with, with you all? Was it because you were traveling a bit yourself with these conferences and stuff, right? Uh, Absolutely. I built Blue Shark over the last several years, uh, up to 15 engagements a year. Mm -hmm. Um, So at least once a month. Oh, yeah. Um, Basically spring and fall, uh, two to three trips a month. And look, we've had a pretty good run. You know, I had a a one day thing in Maui and Jody came along. Yeah. Um, My kids, when they're not in camp, have come along to some of the national conferences. So I've done my best to integrate as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But they're X number of nights away. Um, but it's also I, like it, you do what you love. And to me, that, you know, that socialization, I'm one of the people right now that's having a harder time because being a social being really missed the idea yeah. of socializing with people. And whereas my wife's more of an introvert, she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine. Nobody's coming over. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, and so it's been an interesting uh, balance that way. I would consider you, and let me know if this this lands. You're 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 not just social. You're like a super connector. I mean, everybody yeah, knows Seth. Yeah, Seth connects people, not in a let me get your business card way. In a way like you should meet this person. You would really like them. You'd really get along. And you're very very good at it. So yeah, sitting at home must be difficult for someone like you and it's getting better like you know we can now do a starbucks occasionally you know socially Mm -hmm. distanced um but you know those early days uh we would uh bike around the neighborhood and see people from 20 feet away uh that was sort of like the get out of the house you don't go crazy so do you all have any let's say talk about being intentional um with your wife now that you're home do you say all right you know Every Saturday night, we're going to take three hours and not be with the kids somehow, or we're going to do schedule things in. Is it random? Is there any sort of uh, I wish we, 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 we talk about it, but we haven't. The mm-hmm. one thing that happened was, as we are all streaming different shows, yeah. we decided to do Mad Men, which mm-hmm. turned out to be a great run. But about halfway through, Netflix announced that it was going off Netflix in two weeks. Oh, and really? and granted, it probably was seven dollars a season to buy from Amazon, but mm-hmm. we weren't going to do that. So 
we had like three, four seasons to go and two weeks. And every <laughs> night was like, kids, take your food. You can go do whatever you want, but we're, we, we, we need to get through three episodes tonight. So that was sort yeah. of a fun run where I felt like together we were a college yeah. watching. But that was the, the closest. I, I believe that we would be better off if we did more of that, not yeah. taking the one, but having some form of date night. Uh, and, uh, that, that is something that is important, but we have, frankly, you know, when I get through the day, it, that's the other problem. You get through the day now, you know, you're sort of exhausted from the zooms and the phone calls and the podcasts, and mm -hmm. then you have to sort of like, so what I've tried to do, um, you know, our pool is now open. So I've tried to really mm -hmm. several nights a week, whenever there, you have to reserve times, reserve the, the late afternoon, early evening pool time yep. to take with kids will go with me kind of make a reservation yeah um, do you think you're more tired like physically now than you were pre pre-pandemic you know i am and i'm not sure if it's the pandemic the heat um or i'm out of shape and trying to play tennis five days mm -hmm. a week um but that was sort of i took up tennis at, in my late 40s and mm -hmm. uh, i've been playing for about three years now and uh it, it has been great I, I'm sort of like stuck in solidly intermediate mode and trying to maybe edge slightly better. Uh, but Gosh, you're it has been in that, good that in crazy that. heat, man. It's been so well, hot. Generally, I, I play. I generally play the first available slot in the morning, seven a.m. Okay. during the weekdays and eight a.m. on the weekends. Um, and you know what? In one sense, that is that has been part of the sanity. It's like a regular yeah. thing. You go, you know, to quote Breakfast Club. It's sad and demented yet social. Um, and, uh, it has been a, a fun, really, I, I think good experience, but yes, I don't know why I'm not doing as much, but I feel much more tired, uh, than normal. That's yeah. That's what I was getting at. I read, you know, some article where the experts are say everyone's more tired and more stressed and you think why I could have more time to sleep more. I can, in some cases, me, I have a lot more freedom but because your, your life, our lives have been totally disrupted and turned around and apparently your brains, our brains are adjusting to all this, which leads to exhaustion. Um, for me, I'm constant, I feel like there's a constant interruption of the day, not just a disruption where I try to squeeze everything in, the kids need this, I'm going here, I'm going there, I'm making lunch and the stop and start of everything I, I, I think is really exhausting and there's a certain overwhelm um, just, just constantly adjusting to the new normal. I mean, we, and we still, uh, we still don't really know what it's going to look like. Yes, we know schools are going to be. Um, if your kids go to um, public school, that's going to be virtual, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that like I everything that I can get my hands on is that we are looking at at least June two thousand twenty one. Yeah, with that's some what I inclinations, think. it may be longer. That's like a best, a best realistic case scenario. Mm -hmm. with some people pushing to the end of the year. I, I mean, and to a certain extent, it's a, it's a crapshoot, but the, the, the smartest money, some neighbors of ours that uh, the, the grandmother was a colleague of Fauci's, they're thinking that like end of the year vaccine to distribute into Q's, you know, into Q2, that would be our best hope, but that is, you know, far from certain. And that's what's tough because, you know, we started – and look, thank God it's not look, you, you do, um, you know, as traffic defense is a main um, yep. vertical for you. You know, those couple weeks when nobody left their house had to be devastating. You know, there's just no business. You know, phone, it, the phone stopped ringing. It, um, the phone stopped ringing 
but what it gave me time to create this and 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 uh, so understood <laughs> but then look, look look so and great and right. thank god it's back for, you know, like so in one sense half empty half full right we're, most, we're mostly back is it as good no but it's fine yeah same experience much in, you don't get as much in moco that's probably hardest hit um because people are probably most conservative around our little world here mm -hmm. but as you spread out you know the world is back and doing shit so that's great the flip side is that you know, it has given you the opportunity where you do have that bandwidth and you're like, hey, I've always wanted to do this. And, you know, I'm excited to see uh, where your coaching program goes because it yeah. seems that, like, I've always thought that you have, for a guy that I have liked and admired, you found a, uh, a, a, a way to make a, a very nice living being the best in something that you're doing. And I felt like, I was waiting to see another chapter and I'm excited to see where, where this one goes. Yes, I remember telling you about this long, maybe a year ago about, about the coaching. I don't know if you remember we had coffee. So I'm glad to see it into fruition. And yeah, the, the whole work-life harmony thing has always been at the top of my mind because, and, and you, 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 you're really an entrepreneur because you are you are hiring people to do the thing. I'm actually doing the thing. So I'm probably more of a freelancer, right? Or, or a gig worker where I'm actually going to the job. You know, I'm the plumber. You, well, no, I mean, you know, look, look, crazy like a fox in the sense that, you know, yes, but you have almost no overhead and mm -hmm. I'm scaling all this stuff and paying all these salaries and have to eke out whatever's left at the end. And you're sitting there with, Hey, I'm gonna. I, you know, I know that I can do this. I can scale this, and without really having to cut anybody else in, I can make uh, a nice living without that stress, without, mm -hmm. you know, problem employees and all sorts of obstacles and issues. Oh, yeah. Like you've kept it very streamlined, which, frankly, you know, has probably allowed for a, a more harmony than when you have additional headaches and issues that pop up i think so and i've also thought always thought if if this is not going to serve me my life my lifestyle what i want then what is the point i could i could work for somebody else i don't want to be the slave and i don't think you are by any stretch of the imagination to something that i've created that doesn't sound appealing at all and of course you see not just lawyers other business people and it's like wow that's not I mean, it's self-employment, but it's not the self-employment that I ever, ever wanted. I want to, this is designed to serve me. I think you called it a few times, you call it a lifestyle practice. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and look, and it, it, you know, the grass is always greener. You've, right. you found, you found a widget, you dug deep. Uh, and frankly, I know people in New York state that have done what you've done and yeah. then scaled it. And then one guy, one of my guys, my heroes was entrepreneurial enough. He literally took your practice uh -huh. hired people to cover the state and then moved to Florida and controls it from his house in Florida. This um, was he, he uh, the New York guy or you're talking the about New York guy, New York. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. 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 There's like, there's so a couple of those. Yeah. Yeah. And so oh, look again, based on your geography, one yeah. problem in Maryland, it's harder to stack cases, which I know like, 
if you could stack cases, you'd be like living on the beach in Maui right now, just you know, right. calling people it's, out. That's I mean, right. It, it's the state is a harder place to do what you're doing than some other states. You know, in Florida, you know, you can literally do phone hearings or bring fifty. You know, some jurisdictions know. bring fifty tickets to a day. Um, that just yeah. isn't a thing where we are, and because of that, I look it's you have a protected practice. John Fisher, one of the guys you may know from the legal space, uh, mm -hmm. who runs the mastermind experience and a prolific um, New York med mal catastrophic lawyer. In mm -hmm. New York State, the, you get like 10 cents on the dollar as a fee for medical malpractice, whereas mm. the rest of the country is a third to 40% or more, some places as high as 50, huh. um, as, a, as a legal fee. It was a, one of the, the, the tort reform things put in place and so he bemoans that, but nobody else wants to do medical malpractice there. So he has mm -hmm. this entire world. Not that I don't want to sort of the same way. If this was a stackable widget thing, it'd be harder to run this the way you're doing it. But it's sort of a protected practice. It, it means that nobody can come and amalgamate so much volume that they sort of can dominate a market, which has allowed you, I think, a, a, that, that nice path to a work-life harmony because there's a need and a level of expertise that is, is not sort of, can't be done on a mass scale the way they've written the laws or effectuated laws. Look, I think, I think you're right. to some extent, I saw something that other lawyers either didn't see as clearly or aren't, were just weren't willing to do. Right, run around all the time for these little cases. Well, what? I'll, I'll 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 hammer on that for a second because I yeah. look. We've tried doing some of that. Part of the issue is the following: mm -hmm. is that the people that you that larger firms, present company included, use for that over time have been generally like people on their way in, and mm -hmm. so you're left with people who have the desire to get to higher level cases. Mm -hmm. or the people that are left are very often, I hate to use this word, defective. Right. So that it sounds crazy, but the people doing it, like the people that are actually doing it, not the law firms that might be signing up, but the people that are being sent out to do it, in many cases where it's not the principal person, it's not like a you doing it, yeah. are really the worst of the worst, which mm -hmm. is a nice place for you to be because it's you, you are such a no because you have such a differentiation between yourself where you said hey and I, I talk in widgets all the time yeah this is my widget I own it and I'm gonna do a great job with it and I know what I'm doing versus the stuff that we've seen over time I am where mm -hmm. people literally fall into a depression and stop showing up to court, start lying and climbing. Every I I've know, seen, and, and I know so, what you're talking about. Yeah, that's, and, that's yeah. And so the fact that somebody is, and again, you're dealing with people. It's an impulse purchase. They get a ticket. They need to do something about it. And the person I always talk about that we're plumbers, not lawyers. Right. You know, the hot water heater in the in your case is a someone springs a leak. You got to go. So do you got to go fix it. And the fact that you are who you are, in one sense, they don't know it, but they're getting an amazing value from it. And part of it is longevity because you've stayed doing it, whereas many people circle out to do other things or they break. But the fact that you've said, hey, this is my world and I'm doing this, I think has led to you know, success that's given you so, you know, more ability to do this. And I'm pleased that if it took this, I knew you would additional bandwidth if you chose to use it. So I'm glad that it is now there. And if it's not being used to scale, it's being yeah. used to 
uh, spin off this new um, this new venture of interest. I love that. I love that idea of bandwidth, having additional bandwidth because you seem to have an unlimited. <laughs> you know, I talked to the people. Or, or that that's, why that, we have that's why I have a hundred people because there's always spinning it off to other people. Like somebody's like, you don't do anything. You talk like, to Kush, um, and they says, "Man, Seth basically says unlimited bandwidth." I know, I know that's not exactly true, but what, so what do you think that? I mean, it's got to be more than SEO, and it's got to be more than you know. I'm. A, what do you think you saw that maybe other people didn't see? No, that's. Well, I, we, we look. We could talk for a lot, and I'll, I'll wrap up with this. <laughs> yeah, thought, give me a, give me a couple was, of nuggets. So, look, in, for me, it was look. I I needed to build something. I had nothing, and part of it was it fell into our lap. I did something. It worked. I did something more, and you know that that's how the firm went. We built a website. I, it worked. I built a second website. Hired another lawyer. Built it. So, like that was our process. But I think that it's look. I I happen to be one of those people that understood the legal game and at the same time um, really loved the puzzle because to me the marketing is a puzzle what you know what do you do what what's what's paid what's organic what's what's local and figuring out uh -huh. each of these different things and I think that I from pretty early on realized I could only do so much myself which is the conversation you and I have always had over time which is I took the, the mode of, okay, well, if somebody else can do this task and I don't need to, let's hire them. And it, you know, it becomes like an addiction uh, almost. And then that's how you end up with a oh, hundred people living off, you know, huh. off of it. It's a lot of pressure. It can be right. a pressure when things are not right, but when they're right, you're like, okay, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, do a holiday party and there are all these people there with their significant others. And you're like, Hey, these people are all making a living because of something yeah. I'm doing. But, you know, it's, it's not easy. There are a lot of obstacles and what we've seen right now, it's just, it, we're in such uncertain times. So it is, goes back to what we started with was the emotional roller coaster trying to keep stability in this time of, of, of great uncertainty. Do you know any good dad jokes? Any good dad jokes? Good dad jokes. I wish yeah. I, I wish I, one would pop to mind. I think it's just sort of like, you know, I, to me, it's not the dad jokes. It's just right. like the life of being dad where I'm on like a conference call and the two yeah. kids are fighting over a charger and you're just like, you know, the, that, 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 it's, it's not like a joke, like ha ha per se, but it mm. is the irony that we are killing ourselves to provide. And that, uh, I, I am now sitting in this world with, uh, you know, you feel like it's just, it's, it's three additional employees that you have to, uh, handle right. and, deal with. and not only does it seem normal, I've, at least with my wife, I think her colleagues or people on these zoom calls, not always, but a lot of times like really like it, it kind of brightens their day and it personalizes her and it personalizes our life. So I don't know, seeing the kids and the cat, although disruptive, sometimes not the worst thing in the world. Cause I think people are used to it already. It's, uh, it, it's great stuff, but thank you so much for having me. This yeah, man. So much, this has been so much fun. Thanks for uh, taking the time. I uh, love talking to you, and I hope we can get coffee uh, in person sometime. I, I, I hope it's sooner rather than later. And okay. you know what? My, my new spot, um, Woodmont Triangle, they have the nice tables outside. We can sit, sit, mm -hmm. sit. Oh, yeah. They, they blocked off the whole street and everything. Yep, I've been there. It's so, awesome. So when you're, when you're ready, I'm there. All right, man. Have a great Talk day. Happy, bye bye. happy Thursday. See you. And there you have it. That was my conversation with Seth Price. Really enjoyed it. Really appreciated it. Thank you very much, Seth. 
I will put some information about him in the show notes. His uh, Blue Shark Company, which really is an amazing resource if you have a law firm or a small business and you want SEO services. Also, Price Benowitz, his law firm. I hope you all are having a great day and staying well and healthy and safe. Reach out to me if you'd like to chat about anything. I'm looking for a new espresso maker. And I'm having trouble finding the right one. So if you have any leads, let me know. Um, You can reach me on Facebook too, Further Coaching, F-U-R-T-H-U-R. And that wraps up episode two. Take care. Hope to see you next time.